Thank you, Jennifer. I forgot to tell you during the announcements when Cindy Brown goes to visit the General Conference President, she is also going to share with him the uh, turnout of the Beaumont Church and uh, the blessings that were received here. So you're going to be famous to the General Conference President before too long. When we decided to, we were going to go on vacation the last couple of weeks, I've been getting up like 3 o'clock in the morning and preparing the sermon for this week and the sermon for the week after when I come back from vacation so I don't have to do everything all at once. And uh, I told Jean yesterday afternoon, I said, uh, the Lord wants me to change this sermon today. So this is his sermon, and since it's his sermon, I think I need the prayer. So let's just bow our heads. Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege of being able to come to worship. Speak through me. I'm only human. I have unclean lips. But I am your servant, and I pray from strength upon high to deliver this message for this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you remember a few months ago, I was awakened to the fact that a voice that I heard said, get my people ready, the time of shaking has come. I'm going to turn that down just a little bit. It's echoing. But this kind of cinches it for me. This past week, this world has just gone crazy. This is not there. This world has gone crazy. Up just south of San Francisco and San Bruno was that natural gas explosion that we know of four, the last I heard, four people killed, many homes totally destroyed. They said it looked like a war zone that took place. And they're still not even sure why it even happened. Also, as that was going on in Boulder, Colorado, was just west of Boulder, is that fire that's been going on in the foothills. And they were telling the people in the city limits of Boulder to get your cars ready, filled up with gas, packed with all your personal belongings, and have it headed out towards your driveway so when we give you the warning, you can escape as fast as you can because this fire is rapidly going. And they only had yesterday only 30% of it under control. Same time as that was going on, you remember the... uh, the pastor that was going to protest the Muslims today because it's 9-11 and he was going to burn in his church a copy of the Koran and it went out into the Muslim world and um, the report came back, I guess it was the president that said that there's over a billion Muslims in the world today and 80% of them have vowed that they are going to kill um, Westerners 
ten of them for every word that is in the Quran. Like I said, this world's going crazy, isn't it? And that's just a few of the things that are that are happening in this world today. And since this is the anniversary of the of the 9/11 that takes place, you've got people that are still fresh in their memory of what's happening. I think that this is just kind of a pre-warning of another storm that's about to hit. Revelation 7, verses 1 and 2. After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice, to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea. I wanted you to notice that the four angels, even though they were holding back the winds of strife that are taking place, there is a point of time when those four angels will let go and there are going to be great harm that's going to take place in the world. Satan doesn't want us to be ready for the soon coming of Jesus. He wants us to be distracted with so many things that do not pertain to salvation that we focus our attention upon that we are not really preparing ourselves and our family for that change that needs to take place within our life in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Great Controversy, page 608 says, as the restraining spirit of God shall be withdrawn from men, and they shall be under the control of Satan, who hates the divine precepts, there will be strange developments. The heart can be very cruel when God's fear and love are removed as the storm approaches. A large class who have professed faith in the third angel's message but have not been sanctified through the obedience to the truth, abandon their position and join the ranks of the opposition. When the storm hits, if we have not been sealed with the character of Christ within our life, we will abandon our relationship with the church and join Satan's side. She continues on by saying, page 612, that before the storm hits, God's people need to focus on the latter and the former rains. Have you heard that before? Referring to the importance of filling our lamps with the oil of the Spirit. Righteousness by faith. That should be our message not only within the church, but to the world and nothing else matters in life. Those four angels that are holding back the winds of strife at some point will be instructed to let go. What will happen when that takes place? Daniel 12 verse 1 says, And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. There hasn't been anything that this world has ever experienced until it comes to this point. We're talking about a storm of wrath 
that is going to encompass the entire world. Now, a hurricane, and I've been through four of them, hurricanes starts as a little tropical depression. They don't seem too threatening when they're a tropical depression. The winds aren't really that strong. In fact, sometimes they may not even be much wind at all. It just looks kind of cloudy and maybe a little rain. But it begins to build into a devastating form that can cause a great, huge damage when it finally hits. A storm of wrath is now brewing behind the scenes. It may not look like much to us right now, although it seems like the world is going crazy, but it is building. Councils for the Church, page 335 and 336. God has revealed what is to take place in the last days, that his people may be prepared to stand the tempest of opposition and wrath. That's the storm. Those who have been warned of the events before them are not to sit in calm expectation of the coming storm, comforting themselves that the Lord will shelter his faithful ones in the day of trouble, We are to be as men waiting for their Lord, not in idle expectancy, but in earnest work with unwavering faith. It is not time now to allow our minds to be engrossed with things of minor importance. While men are sleeping, Satan is actively arranging matters so that the Lord's people may not have mercy or justice. My brethren, do you realize that your own salvation as well as the destiny of other souls depend upon the preparation you now make? It's not time to sleep. It's time to get ourselves ready in the connection with God so that the latter rain can come that we can prepare others as well too. It's our early rain preparation within our own lives that we will be able to experience the latter rain and to get help for others. But Satan desires to distract us so that when the latter rain comes, we miss the whole event and not even know it. The book Darkness Before Dawn, page 42, is a chapter entitled Time of Trouble. Now listen to this. To all the testing time will come. By the sifting of temptation, the genuine Christian will be revealed. Are the people of God now so firmly established upon his word that they would not yield to the evidence of their senses? Would they in such a crisis cling to the Bible and the Bible only? Satan will, if possible, prevent them from obtaining a preparation to stand in that day. He will so arrange affairs as to hedge up their way, entangle them with earthly treasures, cause them to carry a heavy, wearisome burden that their hearts may be overcharged with the cares of this life and the day of trial may come upon them as a thief. A distraction. But it's all to to create within us a time where we've taken our minds off of the focus of our relationship with Christ. Thinking that we're doing Christ's will 
when in reality we're just causing confusion and letting the devil work within. Does anybody recognize this place? It's Yuchi Pines. Anyone been to Yuchi Pines? Okay, I got a couple of hands back there. Yuchi Pines, <clears throat> excuse me, is in Sealy, Alabama. And I sent some of you last yesterday afternoon a letter I received written by Dr. Diane Barnett, who's one of the physicians at Yuchi Pines at the Lifestyle Center. And I want to read the letter to you. Not to scare you, but to help you to realize that the storm is coming. It's beginning as a tropical depression, but the evidence is there that the storm is building. Here it is in her own words. And by the way, there will be a copy for one for each family uh, when you leave if you, if you want it. I recently had a dream. This is Dr. Burnett. I recently had a dream that when I related it to others, I found they too had a dream about a storm. May the seriousness and soberness of the hour be with us. On Tuesday, August the 3rd, that's last month, I had a dream before awakening in the morning. I was walking outside to go into a building with my family. It was a clear day, and one of my brothers was racing and playing around on the way in, making me laugh. As we got inside to a certain room, I felt wind blowing in. I knew that the room would never get warm unless the opening to the room was closed. My father and I went to close it and saw that the main doors into the building were wide open. At that point, I realized that the building was made of wood and was much like a barn. As we approached the doors, I saw that a tremendous storm was on us. The atmosphere of laughter was turned into crisis. All was dark and things were whirling every direction with winds of hurricane strength. We were struggling to close the doors as the strength of the winds were so strong that we could barely pull them. I heard a dog scream in the destruction of the winds just before waking. As soon as I woke, I felt that the storm was the final crisis of the earth and that it is near even at the doors. You heard that before? I realized that all earthly buildings, spiritual and temporal, would be destroyed in such winds. I felt desperate to have the fullness of God's grace, His protection. I felt anxious to know that I had oil in my lamp. I've been praying for direction regarding certain decisions I must make and felt this dream was to help me know what to do. I felt it was significant as it was in the exact same manner as two previous dreams I had regarding my daughter's cancer at 4 o'clock in the morning, short, succinct, and memorable. I felt I had to tell someone of the dream so not to lose the impact. I called Winnie in Bermuda to tell her, and we had prayer for help to get ready. Then when I got to work, Lisa was in my office. Lisa, I have to tell you about a dream I had this morning. After relating to her my dream, she said to me, That's strange. I had a dream last night about a storm too. In my dream, I was standing outside of a large white building. 
Before me was a river and there were people all over the place playing and going about whatever business they had. Several of us were standing next to the white building and though I was with them, I had a sense that I really should be in the building. Very soon a warning was, get, warning was given to all of us that a really bad storm was coming and that we should seek shelter. Since I was standing close to the entrance of this large white building, I thought that I'd stay outside just long enough to see the storm approach. I've always enjoyed storms, so I didn't feel intimidated. But quite unexpected, the storm blew in on a sunshiny day, and all were so surprised that it had it was hard to maintain our footing. A large, stocky man came out of nowhere and grabbed my arm and dragged me to safety inside the building, rebuking me for being outside. People were screaming, and all was crazy outside. But inside, everything was peaceful and restful. And immediately I had the sense that this place was for only those who kept the health message and lived in unity with God. Many did not come inside, though. There was space for everyone. At that point, I woke up. She did not think her dream was anything significant until she heard my dream. Hearing her dream also brought greater impact regarding my dream. Later on Thursday of that week, we were having devotion for medical conference, and I shared my dream as well as Lisa's. One of the students then said, said that Nikki had also had a dream about a storm. When Nikki came in, we asked her to share her dream. She dreamed that there was a tsunami. Hundreds of people were being pulled out into the ocean and drowning. She was striving with all her energy to save an unknown person. She had to grab hold of the person and pull with all her strength to get the person to shore. There was a stairway with a banister coming out of the ocean. She put the person in front of her so that she could prevent the wave from crashing on the person. She got a hold of the banister with one hand and with the other held onto the person. It took great effort to keep the person from being pulled out with the undertow. The next day, Friday morning, I had a phone conversation with a patient mother in England. She told me that she and her husband were convicted that they needed to move back to the countryside. They had moved closer to the city for the convenience because of her husband's work, but the children were now totally unruly after being in public school. I told her it was not only an option, but a directive from God as we are at the end of time. I then related my dream as well as Lisa's and Nikki's. With amazement, she then told me, Dr. Diane, I had a dream about a storm six weeks ago. It was flooding and people were drowning everywhere. My concern was for my five children. I was desperately looking for all of them to make sure they were safe. I had a lecture to give to our lifestyle guest at Uchi Pines that morning. As I finished my talk on cancer, I told them that I believed we were at the end of time. I related all the dreams about a storm to them, now four in number. The following week on Monday afternoon, I was seeing patients. I was visiting with our 15-year-old guest and her mother. Sydney left the room for a fever treatment while I finished discussing plans with her mother. June related to me how thankful she was to be able to come to Uchi Pines. She had struggled with weight issues for over 24 years unsuccessfully. What she had learned here at Uchi 
led her to a full commitment, and with God's grace, she and her husband would follow God's plan as a family. I then asked her if she heard my lecture on Friday when I told her about the storm dreams, especially leases with the building that was for people that kept the health message. Dr. Diane, I almost fell out of my chair when you told those dreams. You see, Sydney had a dream last week about a storm. I went and found her to ask her about the dream, but all she could tell me was that it was a horrible storm and she was so afraid. The import of these messages seemed to be growing in weight. I had to tell everyone. I went to the executive officer and asked Brother Champin if I could tell him something. Well, I don't know. Is it good or bad? He asked. Yes, was my answer. I then related all the above story. When I finished, he remarked, This is very sobering, and we are not ready. We are just too busy. I then went to my office to get ready to go home. A young woman from off campus came in to visit. Chrissy, I have to tell you something. Oh, no. Do I need to sit down, she asked. No, I said. You need to kneel down. After I told her all the dreams, she said to me, Dr. Diane, I had two dreams last week about tidal waves. But there was a big wall by the shore, and as long as we stood on the wall, we were safe. On Tuesday, Dr. Carla Boutet told me of an experience, not a dream, that she had while at camp meeting at Camp Alamosa. It was a nice day, and she decided to take the kids out on the lake in a paddle boat. As they paddled down the lake a little way, a woman stepped out on the porch and yelled out to them, A storm is coming! Carla turned and asked her if she knew when it was coming. Others turned and headed for shore, encouraging her to head for shore as well. Just as they reached the dock, the storm burst upon them. She felt impressed that this was the storm coming upon the earth and that she should not ask when, but to head for shore and be ready for the storm in shelter. I continue to share this series of dreams because the seriousness grows as I hear from others that they too have had a dream or an experience of a storm. August the 14th, after church on Sabbath, I shared the stories with the Hargreaves. Teresa tells me that in the last week she woke in the morning with the song, Shelter in the Time of Storm. On her mind, it was on her mind and she couldn't get it off of her mind. She said that was unusual for her. She never awakens with a song on her mind like that. She even told her parents about it and it seemed so out of the ordinary. Later that day, I had some friends over to the house, and when I began to share with them the story of the storm dreams, Jane interrupts me about three dreams into the story. About four weeks ago, she had a dream about a storm wave. Joella's family, her own family, and her church family come to a house that they had never been to before, but they feel that they know it, and someone suddenly shouts, There's a big wave coming! I walk to the front door and I see a huge wave. To survive this, no one here underneath, no one here underneath this roof. I stand watching it and as it gets closer, it turns into monuments, like the red rock monuments of our land. I turn from looking at the, looking out at the, turn, out the door and saw that everyone in the room was in deep prayer. It seems like their prayers are what turn the waves into monuments. 
I felt impressed not to disturb them and went to the back of the house. I then felt at peace, not afraid. I felt like God was there. When this dream occurred, I was going through very difficult trials and at that time here at that time here at Uchi Pines. I felt out of place and I wanted to go home. As I woke up from this dream, I felt assurance that I was doing the right thing, getting the training here at Uchi Pines because the storm is coming and that this is what I need to go back home and get my people ready. August the 27th, 2010. In the last week, four more people have told me of a dream that they had in the last two months pertaining to being in a storm, mostly a tidal wave or a tsunami. Amy Pershin had a dream of a tidal wave. She knew it was coming, and the Lord said, just hold on. She felt herself underwater temporarily with the Lord again saying, just hold on. She came out from under the water and felt the peace and security in the Lord. Mary Jane Lewis, Tatiana Mainhart, and Garrison Haywood all had a dream of a storm, and I will add the details of these after they give them to me. September the 2nd, 2010. Sean Bryant told me today that he dreamed he was in a house and a tremendous and frightening storm was outside. All of the events Christ said would happen before his coming were happening, one right after another in quick succession. He said he knew they would happen quickly, but he didn't know it would be that quick. He saw fire coming down out of the sky. He looked outside and saw a black cloud the size of a man's fist growing as it came closer. He could see that it was the Lord coming, but it dissipated before reaching him. He awoke feeling that the great need to be ready now for the Lord's soon coming. I feel very sure that the Lord is giving the message of urgency and the eminence of the hour. When we as doctors have a patient that is approaching the end of life, we tell them that they need to get his or her affairs in order, and then we ask them, is your will made? I believe the Lord is telling us that we are at the end of life here on this earth. It is time to get our affairs in order. Our living will needs to be in place. Dr. Barnett came to camp meeting one year, and I can tell you that she's no kook. She's a very sincere Christian woman. And do you see where our focus needs to be on, not only in our personal lives, but within our church as well, too? Psalm 27.5 says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me, he shall set me high upon a rock. The storm is coming. I believe it's very soon. And we're going to need some type of shelter, and that shelter is found only in Jesus. Jesus told a parable about a wise man who built his house upon a rock, and when the storm came, the house stood firm. That rock is Jesus. But he also said the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and when the storm hit, the house was wrecked. So let me ask you, where's your house today? There's a story that goes that a pastor had been in a long flight between church conferences. The first warning of the approaching problems came when the sign on the airplane flashed on, fasten your seat belts. Then after a while, a calm voice said over the intercom, we will not be serving beverages at this time as we are expecting a little turbulence. Please be sure your seat belt is fastened. 
As the pastor looked around the aircraft, it became obvious that the passengers were becoming apprehensive. There didn't appear to be any problem. Later, the voice on the intercom said, We are sorry that we are unable to serve the meal at this time. The turbulence is still ahead of us. And then suddenly, the storm broke. The ominous cracks of thunder could be heard even above the roar of the plane's engines. Lightning lit up the darkening skies, and within moments, that great plane was a cork tossed around on the celestial ocean. One moment the plane was lifted on terrific currents of air, the next it was dropped as if it was about to crash. The pastor confessed that he, that he shared the discomfort and fear of all those that were around him. He says, as I look around the plane, I could see that nearly all the passengers were upset and alarmed, and some were praying. The future seemed ominous, and many were wondering if they would even make it through the storm. Then... Suddenly, the pastor saw a little girl. Apparently, the storm meant absolutely nothing to her. Everything within her small world was calm and orderly. Sometimes she closed her eyes. Then she would straighten her legs, but worry and fear were not in her world. When all the adults were scared half to death and the plane was being buffeted by the terrible storm, that marvelous little child was completely composed and unafraid. When the plane finally reached its destination safely and all the passengers were hurrying to disembark that plane, the pastor lingered for a moment in order to speak to the little girl whom he had watched for such a long time. Having commented about the storm and about the behavior on the plane, the pastor asked her, Why weren't you afraid? And the child replied, because my daddy's the pilot and he's taken me home. Brothers and sisters, we are soon to face a storm of great magnitude. Let us remember to not worry and fear our Heavenly Father is the pilot. He is in control and he's taking us home. Let's stand and sing together a shelter in the time of storm, hymn number 528.
Father, thank you for the warning. You don't want us to be caught by surprise. The devil does, but you don't. The storm is coming. It's drawing near. The spirit is beginning to pull away. Crazy things are happening in this earth. Lord, we need the early reign of the Holy Spirit within our lives right now for our own personal life. And then when you choose to be able to supply to us the latter rain, to be able to go out and to bring in those that are in other places, Lord, we want to be ready for that great event. We just pray and uplift to you our families, our friends, our neighbors, our church. Lord, have mercy upon us. We're not worthy to go through all of this. But because of your love and because of your direction, you are truly our shelter through this storm. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Reminder, whoops, just a reminder that there will not be that church picnic at the Dickinson's tomorrow. We've canceled that.